You are listening to So You Want to Read Tolkien, a podcast that goes through each of J.R.R. Tolkien's main works, chapter by chapter, and discusses them in a most ridiculous manner. One does not simply walk into Mordor. I would cut off your head, dwarf, if it stood but a little higher from the ground. We've had one, yes. What about second breakfast? Yeah, Till at last I threw down my enemy and smote his ruin upon the mountainside. What's happening out there? Shall I describe it to you? Or would you like me to find you a box? Now, don't be hasty, Master Miriado. Is this new devil Hello, it is our 99th episode. Cheers? Do, do we care about 99? Do we want to I mean, wait I, for 100? It's, it feels like an auspicious number. I don't see why we can't celebrate both. It's been I a agree. rough year. And and also, it's it's an important one. It is. We are doing oh. The Return of the King, Book 6, Chapter 9, The Grey Havens. Do you have a fancy sound effect of, like, glasses clinking? <laughs> yeah, that's what it sounds like when I uh, toast <laughs> When we <someone>. roast. <laughs> that was the closest I could give you. I'm sorry. I don't have... Oh, oh, you know what I think I do have? What's this? No. Shit. <laughs> One of these is applause. That's the opposite mood. One of these is applause. <laughs> no. I don't know. Ah! <laughs> we got Hang there. On. Wait for this it. Wait lot. for it. There it is. <laughs> Cheers. All right. Now that we've had that fun time, it's a party in your ears. Yeah. Um, I'm Caitlin. And I decided to listen to the audiobook of this chapter while walking around my neighborhood, and that was a mistake because I cried a lot. I'm Rachel, and I've been working on a project to refinish our table for several days in a row, which means I have successfully sawed off my fingerprints. My computer no longer recognizes my fingerprint to let me in. <laughs> oh, that's actually kind of fantastic. Um, and I'm Emmy. I'm just having a really great day. Everything's coming up Emmy today. I hate you. I I got my first shot of the vaccine. I got my vacation time approved. I ate my favorite food for lunch. I don't know. It's just been a really good day. I mean, I'm happy for you to have the vaccine. That's that that's wonderful. Yeah, but also, I know you're slowly but surely Canada will get there. <laughs> it doesn't feel like it. <laughs> All right, the characters for this chapter are pretty much entirely familiar faces, um, with one notable exception. Frodo, of course, um, and his BFF forever Sam, uh, Mary and Pippin. And then we see a familiar, unfamiliar face in Fredegar. Am I pronouncing that right? I feel like I'm feeling pretty confident in it. Um, it's wonderful. If you don't remember Fredegar, it's been a while. Um, actually, it's been like a calendar year. Uh, Fredegar Bolger was Fatty Bolger, who is, he's no longer fat. He spent pretty much, 
I mean, I guess the length of time that that Sharky was in charge, uh, starving in the lock holes. And then we get Lobelia Sackville Baggins, um, who survived her time in, in the lock holes and returns to her natal family. Um, it's kind of actually sweet. We'll talk about it, even though it was also really sad for me. <laughs> um, and then we get the mayor dude. Uh, who, who is old Will Whitfoot? Um, he's gonna he's gonna take a short hiatus from being mayor because he was also in the lock holes. You see a theme here, and he's gonna hire Frodo on as deputy mayor. But then we get Rosie, sort of. She's not actually in this chapter personally, but they quote her specifically. Or she's, Sam, she's talked about a lot, and you learn mm-hmm. about things that happened to her because they also happened to Sam. So she's, but she, yeah, she doesn't make she's an not appearance. In, She's not in this chapter. Um, we just get... Di- it is really weird, because we get a lot of dialogue of things that Sam says she said. Yeah. It's like, it would have been faster just just to put her here. Because technically, she and Sam and Frodo are all living in the same house. Um, the new character for this chapter um, is Eleanor, Sam and Rosie's daughter, um, who Frodo gets to name, which is super sweet. Eleanor, if you don't remember, is the name of those little golden flowers that were in... Uh, Lorian, and it's a super good name. It's a great nice, name. Yeah. It's great. Right, like it's, it's a good type of nerd name for a kid because you're like, you know, anyone who doesn't know is just like, okay, it's Eleanor. Just an odd spelling, and then people but, who do know, yeah, the cool people, yeah. Um, also, it's a very Hobbit name, even though it's Elvish, because Hobbit women are mostly named after flowers. I guess that comes up. Um, then, <laughs> uh the actual Grey Havens part, we get Gildor, who I actually don't remember at all. He's the elf from the first book. Oh! The first one. Who they meet when they're walking through the the Shire. He's like the leader of them, and they meet him again here. Full circle! I completely forgot that. Yes, we're seeing everybody we met in book one, one more time. Elrond shows up uh, because you can't have a party without him. Galadriel is there. Gandalf. uh, Círdan. I'm so proud of you for that C. I practiced. I practiced the hard C. Um, (laughs) And then last but not least, even though Caitlin forgot about his existence, Bilbo is in this chapter. Kind of key. In fact, he comes up more than once in this chapter. I wrote about him in the notes here. I just forgot to put his fucking name up there, okay? (laughs) Yeah, so that's... That really is everybody we see, though there are a lot of mentions of secondary groupings of characters because we're we're in the shire we bring up a lot of hobbits but nobody by name uh so the short version of this chapter is that sam is super bi (laughs) (laughs) he's literally living he's living with both rosie and frodo in bag end and he's like torn between the two of them it's great um but actually, really, we just, this is the chapter we, we bring it all home, you know? Everything comes full circle. People go home in a few different types of ways. It's true. It is true. So, the Grey Haven starts off sort of finishing up the last chapter, just going over all that they have to do to put the Shire back to rights. So, we start yeah, this with... Is, this is the cleanup montage. Yeah. <laughs> There's, like, an 80s power ballad playing in the background, possibly sung by Annie Lennox. Who knows? Now I'm trying to think, like, what Annie Lennox song would I want to? Well, I was just trying to connect the two things. Right. Anyways, 
So this starts off with Frodo going be, going to release everyone that's been locked up. Um, so they find Fredegar Bulger, fatty no longer. I don't know hmm. how I feel about that line, but it's, well, it is what it is. Yeah, it makes it so much more that you're like, wow, they really were just fat shaming this hobbit. Like, yeah. we're not going to keep calling him fatty, his name, his entire life, because he's no longer fat. Like, oh, so well, you're just being mean to him? Yes, but also I feel like there is, because yes, that's all true. We talked about it in the first book. There is also, though, something like really terrible about calling a character fatty after they've been starving for most of a year. I mean, yes. <laughs> that would be, like, I, I think, in fact, that might be worse. <laughs> No, true, absolutely, but it's weird that it, they bring it up, that they specifically well, mention that he is fatty no longer. Not that he, think, you know, was starving, because they could have brought that up, but... Well, they bring it up for know. everybody else, how thin and worn and terrible they are, but I think if they didn't say fatty no longer, you wouldn't necessarily know who Fredegar Bolger was. It's true. <laughs> I, can I was literally like, Fredegar? And then it was like, oh, that guy. I... I w- um, I agree with you, but I also think Tolkien wouldn't give a shit. Like <laughs> let, fair, later on, he's like, "It's was. Gildor." What the f- you know what I mean? Like that's, that's very true. So they couldn't have won here either way, except yeah. by not giving him this nickname in the first place, which obviously they didn't do. So yeah, that's the real part. <laughs> so then they also release Lobelia, who is much changed from her being a mean Hobbit. I don't know what. It seems weird to call her, like, a nemesis of Frodo now, since Frodo's kind of had bigger problems to worry about. But It's true, but we're supposed to be, quote-unquote, back home, so his nemesis. <laughs> his Shire nemesis, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's like, it's the, the family nemesis of old. That's, yeah. Right? Because it's really, really, it's Bilbo's nemesis. She's the mean old aunt that nobody really liked. Um, yeah. But from what we remember, from what we heard last chapter, you know, when she stood up to the brigands with her umbrella, so everybody gives a big cheer when she's released, and she still has her umbrella, and it's really sweet. And she's just like, "Oh, okay, people like she, me. That's weird." This was really sad. She'd never been popular before, and I was like, "Oh, nobody's yeah. ever liked her." Is really how I read that. But I mean, from what we know, it's mostly her own fault, but we don't know what her childhood was. Yeah, but then she. You know, she learns that Lotho, her son, is dead, possibly eaten. I wonder if they tell her that. It seems I hope, unlikely. I They're hope being not. very kind. Yeah, yeah. I, I really hope not. So she just sort of waves her hand and says Frodo can have Beg End back, and she goes back to live with her, her no, not her in-laws, her, her, her family. Yes. Um. So that's nice. And then they free Will Whitfoot. I mean, she also, like, dies right after. A year later. Very, so she... yeah. She gets yeah. to live through the good year that they have, and then mm-hmm. she's she's off. She she's passes away. She's over a hundred at this point. Yeah. So. Yes, she leaves Frodo all of her stuff and money, which I thought was. I was gonna say I thought was an interesting character development moment because yeah, she uh, was greedy her entire life, and then she gives it to Frodo, who I guess is still deputy at this point. I can't remember with the express wish that it be used to take care of all of the homeless uh, hobbits who were affected by the troubles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just it just occurred to me as we're talking about like the cyclical nature and stuff, in a weird way, it's like the exact opposite of uh, Bilbo's gifts as he was leaving, 
where he left all these things to people with like the snarky comments. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like here in the end is Lobelia giving everything back with just like pure selflessness. Although to be fair, like Bilbo came back from his adventure and was mistrusted by everyone. You know, these Oh yeah, these and hobbits, his spoons were stolen. Yeah. These hobbits <laughs> come back and they were sort of glorified by everyone and honored. So it's a little bit different, but yeah. It yeah. is interesting. This is the real reason they had to come back to, you know, the, the Shire all decimated and save it, because otherwise they would have been Bilboed. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, but it is interesting. I guess one of, I would suspect coming back from World War One or World War Two, a lot of similar things happened where just, you know, the petty dislikes seemed unimportant afterwards. Mm -hmm. So... Or that's how I would imagine it anyways. And you would just sort of think, oh, my God, my neighbors are wonderful, you know, because they weren't trying to shoot me for the past two years. And we all lived. Very, very possibly. Mm -hmm. I chose a random year number there. I understand that we're, both of those wars lasted longer than two. Anyways. Yes. <laughs> I guess it is, I don't know, contextually worth noting that the troubles, even though he uses that word here, they haven't happened yet. The troubles? The troubles capital T, which were a significant part of UK and Irish history. Yeah, where does he use that word? <laughs> In the very first page of this chapter. Um, because we were talking about the Lobelia gives her money. Um, she had left all that remained of her money and of Lothos for him to use in helping hobbits made homeless by oh, the yes. Troubles. Yes. The Troubles haven't happened yet. Um, so that is just a choice of words. There's no like historical allegory being made. Oh, okay. Yes, 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 yes. All right. So then, yes, Will Woodford is is let out of the holes also. And that is the mayor of the entire Shire? I don't know. Hobbiton? Hobbiton. Hobbiton? He j they just call him the mayor. But I guess, like, the Thane is in charge over in Tugland. I know it's not Tugland, but that's what I'm going to call it. Um. So anyways, Frodo steps up to be deputy mayor and help him out a little bit. And mostly what he does is reduce the sheriffs back to who and what they were yeah the only thing he does is well, he's the mayor like, of mickle delving which is also where the holes are named which is the de facto capital of the shire apparently wonderful that didn't answer any questions but <laughs> i mean i'm sure somebody out there was yelling at us so now they can stop they won't but that's fine um <laughs> So then, He's a mayor. He does stuff. Yeah. So then they start repairing Bagshot Row and rebuild and fixing up Hobbiton. Uh, not Hobbiton. Sorry. Uh, well, Hobbiton too. Well, Hobbiton too. Yes. But I was I was trying to say Bag End. There's a whole thing. I was going to say there's a whole thing about Bagshot Row becoming new row. Oh yes, because they fix it up and then they figure that they've sort of rebuilt the road, so they should give it a new name. They've rebuilt the road, replanted a bunch of trees, so it's not Bagshot Row anymore. It's the new row because this is Hobbiton, and they they throw around some other names, but none of them stick. Um, except in the Bywater, there's an in joke, and they refer to it as Sharky's End. I do like which that. I love. Yeah, I that's love really that good. a Great. lot. Just delightfully savage. Mm-hmm. And okay. also, I just like the idea of them having in-jokes. Yeah. Community now, building. <laughs> I'm going to let Emmy talk about trees here, but I do want to first point out that uh, there's a line here that about the trees that they lost and that Sharky cut down, that Sam grieved over this more than anything else. And I would like to remind everyone that 19 hobbits died in the previous chapter. Um, 
Look, Sam's seen a lot. I was going to say, Sam's watched a lot of people die, and we don't actually know if Sam knew those hobbits personally. So, no. Um, I bonded with Sam deeply in that sentence, and I was going to bring it up if if you didn't. Please, tell us about the trees, Emmy, and all your feelings. <laughs> so, Sam uh, is going around. He's really sad about nature, obviously. Um, and then he's like, I don't know what to do. And I guess his friends just sort of sit around waiting for him to remember that Galadriel gave him a gift. <laughs> like, I don't understand why when, when Sam was so troubled about this, Frodo didn't turn around and be like, remember, you have that gift from Galadriel? Instead, they just wait. Yeah, he's literally like, I wondered when you'd remember that. Like, Frodo, Frodo. help a guy out. He's Sam? Gandalfing. He's, he's taking over the Gandalf role. Yeah, Sam is not the sharpest tool in the shed, Frodo. Anyway, could have spared him a lot of emotional he's, angst. He's he's the hoe. <laughs> <laughs> that was terrible. I'm sorry. It was so good. Wait, 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 Caitlin, where's your sound effect? But um, got it. Excellent. Thank you. Apologies for not being more on the ball. You can edit it in later. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think um, it's better how it is. <laughs> So uh, after Frodo's like, you're dumb, Sam opens the box and finds it's filled with soft gray dust, very fine. And sitting in the middle of this pile of dust is a small nut with a silver shale. So already you're like, oh, this is elvish, obviously, because it's gilded. Um, Or they crack open the nut and they eat it. (laughs) This is why Caitlin's not a hobbit in real life. What do you think would have happened, though? Uh, They probably would have grown taller. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it would be the that you know the, all the jokes like oh if you eat those watermelons yeah this you, is what I'm thinking watermelon yeah. like is this where you actually manage to grow a magic uh, Lothlorien would tree Sam in your stomach inadvertently turned himself into fertilizer? Honestly, I think Sam would be pleased with that end. <laughs> Sam would turn into a tree, probably. Sam is grown. Um, <laughs> I was thinking more of like a dyad, but whatever, it's fine. A- <laughs> Dryad, I know how to use words. And Sam's like, what do I do with this? It's like, what do you do with this magic elvish dust, Sam? You think anyone in the room is going to know? And Pippin is like, just chuck it in the air and let the wind do it all. Um, and <laughs> Mary is like, you should use it in your garden. Um, and Sam is like, but that seems greedy. Like, that's probably not what the lady would have wanted. Um, and Frodo pulls another Gandalf and is like, use all your wits and knowledge you have of your own, Sam. Which, wow, Frodo, he was just asking for some advice. You didn't have to <laughs> call him dumb again. Um, so That's Sam, not how I read that line. No, because I really read it as like you. <laughs> no, he's saying do with it what you will. Like, what do you think? Do how you think it is best used. She gave it to you. Okay, I read it as use all your wits and knowledge, Sam. Like, <laughs> you can figure this out on your own. He sort of does talk to Sam like he's a toddler sometimes. Um, I like my version every, better. Your version definitely gives Frodo more of the benefit of the doubt than than I do. Um, but Frodo points out that every grain of dust in there has its value. So as Sam goes around replanting all the trees um, in all the places where especially beautiful or beloved trees had been destroyed, like the party tree, he puts one grain of the precious dust in the soil um, to help it do its work. And... He plants I just want to the... know, like, how hard was it to get one I know! grain of dust every wow. time? That is, I mean, he must have, like... I'm sure some of them got two, 
but slaved like, over it you know i don't know when they're making their histories of this part they just they make it very lyrical yeah. with like everyone got one grain of dust the special gilded seed from Lothlorien uh, gets planted in the party field where the party tree used to be. And it's mentioned here that Sam Space pays special attention to Hobbiton and the Bywater and that none of the other hobbits blame him, which is generous, I suppose. Sam tries desperately all winter not to go check on the party field to see what's happening to the seed he planted. Um... Eventually, spring comes and it surpasses his wildest hopes. The trees are growing and it's like they get 20 years in a single season. They're making up for lost time. They shoot up and become real trees. And it was so nice. Yeah. So it was just beautiful. And the pages go on to, or the pages, the story goes on to say how it's not just the trees. Because after he'd planted all the trees, he had some of the dust left over. So he just went to, uh, you know, the middle of the Shire and did what Pippin suggested, basically threw it into the wind. And then everything is the best harvest ever. This is the best year it could possibly be. Lots of weddings. And I love this line. Like they they talk about the fruit and the barley and the, you know, the pipeweed and all that sort of stuff. But then all the children born or begotten in that year, and there were many, were fair to see and strong. And most of them had a rich golden hair that had before been rare among hobbits. As though Galadriel had something to do with that that's a little weird <laughs> right also it's like what? So- made them get it on and no I, i'm sure they got it on for reasons of you know not being dead yeah but um yeah having the, the golden hair like ah yeah magic uh dust uh overriding genetics here yeah that's it's it's funny i like recessive genes whatever <laughs> no it is really nice though and it's you know that the whole last chapter was all the depressing Everything is horrible and thinking about how long it's going to take. And so there's something there's something so heartening about the idea of this magic dust that makes things grow. And I wish we had it in real life. No kidding. I love the way they describe that, like, the cleaning up does take a while, but it turns out hobbits work like bees when they're inspired. They just work really hard all the time. They are a team. They come together. They clean everything up. Um, and begin tearing down the sheriff houses and using the stone to fortify and make snug the hobbit holes that were abandoned. And it's just really great imagery. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And while everything was getting worked on on uh, Bagshot Row and at Bag End, Sam and Frodo were staying with the Cottons, which I'm sure made Sam very happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then while, so as the year passes, we come around to March, which is, of course, the one-year anniversary of the destruction of the ring, and Frodo has a really bad day. Uh, but thankfully for him, nobody seems... He sort of hides it from everybody but Farmer Cotton. And Sam is out planting his trees. Mm-hmm. And it's really sad that he has this day. It is. And I also thought it was really sad that he doesn't tell anyone. Yeah. So part of the reason why... And this isn't the only time he does that. Like, he always hides when it's hard for him, when his like big PTSD episodes strike on the anniversary of all of these terrible events. And it's not a surprise that everybody else was surprised that f- to learn Frodo wasn't doing well after the fact, because he never asked anybody for help. Yeah. it It's just sad. It is sad. And I don't know that in this particular case, anything else could have helped because 
as much as there are real world parallels we can make, his problems were very magical. You know, like how he he felt the exact same pain on the anniversary. That's not normal, if that makes any sense. But even if it couldn't have helped, just the fact that he didn't say anything, even to Sam, who was there. Yeah, I don't know. It's just it's that it's just sad. It is, yeah. It it sounds like it sounds like what Frodo would do, though, honestly. Mm-hmm. Especially because you know, a, a part of what matters later in this chapter is that Sam was also briefly a ring bearer, but that he clearly isn't affected in the same way. And so Frodo, knowing that, giving it all to himself. Is very Frodo. Yeah. And it's honestly, if I were Frodo, I would wonder if bringing it up with Sam would bring it up with him like physically, you know, mm-hmm. like if you exactly. talk to him about it a lot, then he would think about it more while he seems to have n- not caught the PTSD. <laughs> yeah. He but, really hasn't, right. has he? Yeah. Yeah. And the, there's a whole part of this chapter that's just Frodo wanting Sam to have the life he's not going to get to have. I'm making myself sad. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. A kind of interesting thought when you think about instead of Sam and Frodo being in love, thinking of them as being two sides of the same person. Mm -hmm. Wow, now I'm depressed again. (laughs) And one making it through, because they went through mm -hmm. almost all the exact same experiences almost. But one of them. Well, they. I was gonna say. Here's the thing. They did have the same experiences. They just experienced each event in different ways. Like they spent almost the entirety of the year together. together, Yeah. Mm -hmm. But also, I mean, very different sides. Yeah, Frodo was wearing the ring for a lot longer, and Frodo was stabbed by the Witch King. So, and those two things. That's basically the only two things that were different, but they made a big difference. Anyways, uh, so then once Big End is all set in order and everything's good to have Frodo move back in, he does so, and then eventually he's like, when are you going to move in and join me, Sam? And I assume that he was inviting him as a servant or friend, bit of both. Sam wouldn't have been able to stop himself from being a servant, so it seems a little bit strange. Not strange, but a little bit disrespectful to Sam? I don't know. I thought it was just the, you know, Frodo's general codependence talking. I don't think it was like a, you're my servant. I think it was more just like, we do everything together. That's actually a good point. Yeah. After that year and everything. Why aren't you here? Yeah. Yeah. That would be weird. Um, But then Sam says in the most awkward way possible, well, I kind of wanted to get married. And then Frodo's (laughs) like, dude, I'm not getting married and having kids, so you may as well bring Rosie in and have as many kids as you want. I live in a mansion. (laughs) And they do. Yeah. That's the best part. They're just like, all right, cool. I didn't know this at all. I know I read these books, but I have no memory of this chapter. Um, The the movies entirely overwrote this. Mm -hmm. So when it was like, and they did, I was like, wait, what? Mm -hmm. Really? I really, I really really like that idea. I I like it too. And I enjoy how the movies didn't even try to touch it. (laughs) They were just like, nope, we're not going to explain this one. No, but when you watch the movies, you've got to think about how Bag End is going to be empty forever. No, not forever, obviously. But one thing that we leaves all his stuff that we absolutely do not get in this chapter that I desperately want 
is Frodo and Rosie being friends. Oh, yes. Because you know she helped Frodo, you know, cover up all of his bad episodes from Sam. Because Sam would worry too much. And, and you know that, you know, she moved in and she was like, I don't know this Frodo. What is this? What is happening? And then they slowly get to know one another and become very good friends. And <sighs> mm-hmm. and both people, both people who care about Sam. I was going to yeah. say, I don't even know if it was slowly. I feel like they just like looked into each other's eyes and they were like, we both love the same person. Okay. And they just clicked. Yeah, that works too. forever. I like both. I just, I want that. Why don't we ever get to mm-hmm. see Frodo and Rosie talk? Well, because, because we don't get to see Rosie. female characters. Yeah. That was more of a rhetorical question. I just really want it. It would be so interesting. No. I want them, I want a whole book about the two of them. I'm going to have to go look for that some Rosie featured fanfic. If you find any that is what I want, please let me know. I will. If anyone wants to write fanfic for us, yeah, just- we would... Like, invite you to live with us in our weird cohabitational situation on the spot. <gasps> the Adventures of Frodo and Rosie Living with Samwise Gamgee. Oh, I love it. And yeah, and and okay, I joked, but I love the idea of them being this sort of atypical family together. Yes. It's just, it's so wonderful. I wish Frodo spent a couple more years in middle earth and got to see more of their kids and got to know them a little bit and he could have been weird uncle frodo (sighs) (laughs) what he could have had i mean i i get that it's sadder that he leaves before all that and everything anyways this is a really good ending chapter for all the things we brought up that we didn't like about it um (laughs) like they just I mean, it, it does the full circle narrative arc, which we certainly enjoy. And mm-hmm. we get to put them all in places where they want to be. Yeah, no, this, I, I I really love this chapter. I think it's great. I just wish we got Frodo and Rosie being uh, thick as thieves. Hey, we haven't talked about how Merry and Pippin live together. That's because they get like half a sentence. They live together for a time in Buckland. In Crick Hollow. Yes. Well, Yes. Which is in Just bring in some specificity, Caitlin. <laughs> People come here for details, obviously. Sure. No, I'm kidding. Sure. They really don't. Um, also, they ride around in their armor all the time, which is yes. great. Yes. I love God. them just being assholes around the Shire. In their armor, and they are very large hobbits. It keeps getting, it keeps getting brought up that like they're very tall. <laughs> I do believe they are the tallest hobbits ever. Yeah. Which means that they're what? Like three feet six inches anyway i just think it's fantastic that they keep commenting on it yeah i actually really like that idea that they were the ones who became you know the citadel a guard a guard of the citadel and a squire i think was what mary was or whatever Mm -hmm. he was with with the rohirrim and that's still important to them so they still like to wear their armor and and be that I don't mm-hmm. I don't really see it as them being assholes because they're not like imposing their rules on other people. They just no. that was a really important part of their lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And feelings. So, right. And Frodo is dep- deputy mayor for a while, but he does like one thing. Yeah. And then he just gives it back to Will Whitfoot once he is um, um healthier. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, Sam's got Rosie and stuff and he's he's the nature focused person. But. I kind of also like the idea of them going around like, you know, someone's got to kind of take charge to make sure stuff goes right. 
Oh, and also, um, like, like we, Frodo has his necklace. The others wear their armor. <laughs> Sam has his trees. Frodo has his necklace from Arwen that he always wears. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, I would too. Yep, <laughs> definitely. And then Sam does catch Frodo on the anniversary of Weathertop. But he, but Sam's like forgotten that's what the day is. That right there, I think, really showcases the differences between them. Frodo's having this like moment of pain and Sam is just like, what's up? And Frodo's like, it's fine. It'll pass. And then later on, Sam is like, oh shit, it's October 6th. I should have remembered. And he he just completely forgot. That's wild to me. Mm-hmm. He was in the presence of the Witch King and he forgot. Well, he has firmly moved on. And also, yeah, the year before, Frodo never told him. So, mm-hmm. well, that was the ring being destroyed. Yeah. I would say the year before they were together. Yeah, for they were. Frodo's episode. Okay. They were riding by. I'm conflating things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On the other hand, um, the idea of just not knowing what days are and not putting things together is again highly relatable. A huge mood. <laughs> then we move on to 1421, and Frodo was ill again in March, but he concealed it from Sam. But this time he had less trouble concealing it. Because right around then, on the 25th of March, Sam and Rosie had their first child. And I love this bit. It's really cute. How Sam was like, well, we were going to call him Frodo, but unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, but he's turned out to be a her. And now we don't know what to do. And then, as we said before, they settle on Eleanor. And Sam is like, it's perfect because those were very beautiful. And I think she's very beautiful and is going to be beautifuler still. And I love Sam sometimes. He's such a dad. Yeah. (laughs) And then when Eleanor is six months old and it's autumn, Frodo talks to Sam and is like, it's going to be Bilbo's birthday on Thursday. He's going to be 131. Be the oldest hobbit ever. Um. I don't think we talk enough enough about how this whole chapter, they're like, it's going to be Bilbo's birthday. And like, no, never once has it mentioned that it's also Frodo's. Nope, not even a single time. Right. I even forgot. <laughs> Until just now. <laughs> right? Like, this entire chapter, it's like, oh, Bilbo's going to have his birthday and be the oldest hobbit ever. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah something else is happening that say, day. Yet your best friend doesn't remember. Well, Frodo doesn't seem to care. I'm sure he doesn't. It's just weird and sad. Well, I think that's what's even sadder is that Frodo just... Yeah, yeah. He, he doesn't wouldn't even think of it. He doesn't think of himself as important anymore. Yeah, I guess. And that that's another thing, actually, that is mentioned that we kind of skipped over, that Merry and Pippin and Sam, though he doesn't really know it, are honored throughout the entire Shire, and nobody really puts gives Frodo that honor within the Shire. Which, again, mm-hmm. I think Frodo's fine with that. He doesn't care. In fact, I think he probably prefers it that way. But Sam is kind of upset about it. They never talk about the work Frodo does, the way that, like, Sam and Mary and Pippin traveled around, and Frodo mm-hmm. was the deputy mayor, and he fired a bunch of cops. So they brought two very different vibes, all important, but, like, Frodo didn't go out talking to people or yeah, sharing and, his and adventures. Frodo was compiling the story, right? Yeah. Which is, again, important work, but no one cares about the archivists. No, it's ever. a solitary activity. It's definitely, like, the introvert and the extroverts there, you know? Like... He's not out talking to anybody, but he is still doing very important work for the Shire. So there's that. So it's Bilbo's birthday and Sam and Frodo sort of cheekily implies that maybe he's going to go visit Frodo 
Oh my god. <sighs> He's gonna go visit Bilbo <laughs> at Rivendell and want Sam to go with him a short ways on the journey, though obviously not the whole way since Sam still has a new young daughter. And Sam says yes. You know, just gotta check in with Rose. Because he's married and has a child now and it's so cute. Anyways, uh, ba 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 And then we see the t as Frodo sort of finishing up his own entry in the Red Book, we see Bilbo's attempts at giving it a title. And underneath all of that, Frodo is just like, here's a better title. <laughs> <laughs> Which I do like. Like, there's a whole bunch of Bilbo being like, my diary, my unexpected journey, there and back again. And what happened after? Because then there was more. Adventures of Five Hobbits. <laughs> and he just keeps writing these things out. And then Frodo just writes, The downfall of the Lord of the Rings and the return of the king. As seen by the little people, etc, etc. Do I hear a dog in the background? Yeah. Yeah, he scratched the door open. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I love all these terrible titles. He's <laughs> got yeah. writer's block, okay? And then Frodo's just there and knocks it out of the park. Yeah, Bilbo, better at poetry. Frodo, better at naming things. So then on September the 21st, Sam and Frodo set off together. Oh, one other thing. I, I also meant to look this up or count. How many chapters have we read? Do we know? No idea. I do not. I was just curious because it's like it. the book is on. It's like chapter 80 is unfinished. And I was just like. It, we, it, we would not be on 80, no. It was like, oh, yeah. I'm like, and I'm trying to think even if we included The Hobbit. Anyway. No, it's probably an average of 15 per book. Yeah. So nowhere near. But Tolkien would have. <laughs> well, when Frodo and Bilbo wrote out the book, they probably actually gave us the battle scenes. <laughs> it's true. I want to read their version. Yeah. So as they're uh, riding along on their ponies, and I love that Sam rode, rode Bill, the Dark Avenger, and Frodo rode his his pony that he rode home from Gondor, even though I don't. But you know what he? But what did he name it? <laughs> oh, uh, it's Strider, <laughs> which I think is great. It's amazing. At some point, Aragorn is going to show up in the Shire, and Sam's going to give him this gift. He's going to be like, "This is my horse." My pony. Thank you. Even better. <laughs> Named oh Strider. My God. It's a pony. I like this idea because in the second movie, in the Two Towers, the movie, I don't know why I decided to say that twice. Um, when Aragorn's talking to Brego, the horse, and learns his name, he sort of in Elvish says, your name is Kingly. But now this pony has a Kingly name too. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so they're riding on and then Frodo starts singing a version of the of Bilbo's old walking song that is a little bit different. And then as he finishes his verse, he's answered by some songs from the woods that Sam was not expecting. And some elves start singing about Alvareth. And it's all very it's nice. another game of musical Marco Polo. Yeah. The elves' favorite game, obviously. And as the elves ride up, we see that there's Gil Gildor and a lot of his elven folk. And also Elrond and Galadriel are there. And um, behind them is for, uh, Bilbo. On a, on a pony, sleeping on a pony, as one yeah. does. Uh, and also, Elrond and Galadriel are like openly wearing their rings at this point. Openly wearing their rings, and Elrond is in like uh, um, cosplay of his dad. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. With the star on his forehead. <laughs> I immediately saw that, and I was like, "Well, that 
It's a choice. Decisions were made. Do you yeah, think you'll like arrive at Valinor and they'll all be like, yes, we know who you are. You didn't have to. <laughs> yeah, right. It's, he has a star on his forehead and a silver harp in his hand. Like, oh, okay, Elrond. Okay. It's the props that do it, really. Yeah. The star on his forehead, they could have been like, mm, it's fashion, but. Yeah, all the elves wear the it harp. in Valinor. Actually, that's probably true. Everybody wants to pretend they have a Silmaril. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Um, so then after they sort of greet them, Bilbo wakes up and he's like, hey, Frodo, I've passed the old duke today. So that's settled. And now I think I'm quite ready to go on another journey. Are you coming? And Frodo says, yes, I am coming. The ring bearers should go together. And this is when Sam is like, whoa, 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 you're not going to Rivendell? What is going on? And then he sort of puts it together that Frodo and Bilbo are leaving Middle-earth and Sam can't go with them. Mm -hmm. And it's very sad. It is very sad. And Frodo and Sam have an emotional goodbye, even though they then still have to ride together for a bit. Awkward. <laughs> yeah and that's i don't know it it it's just it's so it's so sweet but it, it does fit into that part of what we the idea we talked about of them both um basically being two versions of the same person mm -hmm. and you know like this this is your job and you have to you're gonna go do these things and 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 that will keep you busy and as happy as anyone can be as long as your part of the story goes on yeah he also names all their other children. <laughs> He's just like, well, you have Eleanor and, you know, Frodo Lad will come. And also these, you know, Rosie Lass and Mary and Goldilocks and Pippin. And Sam's like, uh, okay, I, I, didn't, I didn't like those names, but uh, I guess I have to do this now. <laughs> what a corner to back someone into. I really feel like he should have brought the names home and Rosie would have been like, yeah, no, Frodo was just jerking your chain. <laughs> Uh, I do like, um, well, Frodo's line, but Sam first says, you know, I thought you were going to enjoy the Shire, too, for years and years after all you have done. And Frodo says, so I thought too once, but I, have too, uh, but I have been too deeply hurt, Sam. I tried to save the Shire, and it has been saved, but not for me. It must often be so, Sam. When things are in danger, someone has to give them up, lose them, so that others may keep them. I just man, that's such a war line. Yeah. Just yeah. Uh so then they all ride on to the Grey Havens. I had completely misremembered, well not completely misremembered the scene, but in my mind, Aragorn and Arwen were were also there to say goodbye in the book. Mm. And I was very wrong apparently, but like I genuinely thought for years that the movie had done a disservice by leaving them out. But no, it was just me. <laughs> <laughs> you you just so wanted Aragorn to come say goodbye. Yes. Well, also Arwen's dad is leaving. Yeah, like I'm sure she said goodbye. I'm sure she had a moment, but like she doesn't want to. I don't know. Whatever. She's never. They're yeah. never going to see each other again. She's going to stay and die. I say. On the other hand, I think they they kind of did the whole ceremonial goodbye when like the wedding happened. Basically, I, was the you're saying farewell to this life. Sure, I get that, but. They should have been there is all I'm saying. Um, anyway, so they're there. And then Gandalf is suddenly there. And then Merry and Pippin are suddenly there. 
which I love. Because at first I was like, <laughs> I know Mary and Pippin were there. What is going on? We're on the last page here. And then they pop out of nowhere. And it's like, ah, oh, yes. Okay, great. Yeah. I didn't make up. They, they marry and Pippin, as they do. Yes. I was so happy that I didn't magically insert four characters into this scene. That yeah, I was there. genuinely worried for a second. <laughs> I was like, wait, Mary and Pippin aren't there? I, they have to be there. Yeah. Uh, so then Frodo has a, a goodbye with them. And then gets on the ship and in my audiobook the music was playing and i was crying no. a lot nope nope maybe i'll edit that in actually i could play it for you right now no <laughs> i don't really want to have so many emotions <laughs> you just want to yeah. cut all that off forever nope that is i that had is them today. several too many emotions i had many emotions and once was enough uh, so <clears throat> the ship went out into the high sea and passed on into the west until at last on a night of rain Frodo smelled a sweet fragrance on the air and heard the sound of singing that came over the water and then it seemed to him as in his dream in the house of Bombadil the grey rain curtain turn turned all to silver glass and was rolled back and he beheld white shores and beyond them a far green country under a swift sunrise <sighs> Mm. <sighs> yeah beautiful and then Sam and Mary and Pippin ride home so glad Sam didn't have to ride home alone <laughs> yeah he just would have sobbed into Bill's hair the whole time and Bill yep. would have been like I'm a superhero this is not what I was built for are you kidding Bill knows the way home Bill would have been fine I was trying to make a joke to break the sad tension that we have going on here Nope. We're committed to the sad here. We're, That's fair. We're have, you forced these emotions on us, and now we live here. <laughs> the final line, Sam sits down, Rosie puts Eleanor in his lap, and Sam says, well, I'm back. And that's that. Podcast done forever. Goodbye. Yep. We have to unfriend each other now. I was going to say, now we're going to go never. into... We're going to sail away. <laughs> we're going to get on a boat. I know if I got on a boat and went west, I think I'd go to Japan. Eh. It's hard to say. How good are you at sailing? Me, pers I wouldn't sail. No. Okay, so then you'd probably wouldn't go anywhere. <laughs> I mean, I would, but like Frodo doesn't sail. He has, he has, a, he hires a dude. Well, he doesn't pay yeah. him. I was gonna say he yeah, doesn't I do wish, anything. I wish Kieran would sail me somewhere. I was thinking if I got on a boat and went west, I would just be plopped in cornfields not going anywhere <laughs> there is no water west of me if i got in a boat and went east i'd be in michigan probably <laughs> wouldn't take very long oh, man say so actually like it's it's illinois so all waters eventually just lead to the gulf of mexico i start mexico. out going west and then i just turn <laughs> whilst i get lost in the pacific that sounds like a great time <laughs> sounds warm no, it doesn't. I live in Canada. We're in the North Pacific up here. It is not warm. Yeah, it is but very you cold. just said you're not that good at sailing, so you'll drift. You might end up in the Arctic, or you might end up in <laughs> I the, was uh, say, you know, Hawaii. I was thinking more like just the middle of the Pacific, where you just bake in the sun. If Listen, I miss light. This, it's pretty cold. I don't know. I've only been in this, the, in the Pacific up here, and it's it's pretty cold. 
Anyway. Um, so yeah, that's that's the end of the regular book. We will be back next week with some appendices. I'm, again, I'm unsure. So we have to figure that bit out still. Where we're going to start, what we're going to read in the appendices. I mean, I definitely want to do... I know Aragorn and Arwen's story is in here. But other than that, I'm like, there's... There's a lot of family trees we can skip. I was going to say, Appendix A seems to just be the family trees. Well, I was just on Appendix D or C, and that's all family trees. Or B, I don't even know. Yeah. Yeah, tell us what you want. Yeah, so if anybody listening has a specific appendices that they want us to cover, and if you jokingly tell us the family trees, you will be ignored. I mean, I would read them aloud, but... (laughs) I don't know, I think we should do... A special uh, Patreon episode. Of us We're definitely going to talk about Legolas and Gimli. Just us reading the family trees. <laughs> if anyone really wants that, um, you should support us on Patreon and tell us so, and we will read the family trees for you. Yeah. Possibly making dumb jokes about random names. It'll be a time, but you will have chosen it. I don't know if I personally want to have anything to do with that, but okay. <laughs> Oh, and then there's an index. We could go through the index. <laughs> That'd be a fun time. Whatever we end up reading, I suspect we'll start with Appendix A and select our favorite parts. Yeah. Because Appendix A does talk about Legolas and Gimli. That's true. I guess I guess we should go through the, the timelines before, before anything else. So, All right, then. Next week. That's that. So if you want next to week we'll talk about some stuff. Email us <laughs> what you want us to cover. You can do so at want to read Tolkien at gmail.com. If you want to tweet at us, you can do so at to read Tolkien. I usually do those opposite, so it seems weird to end there. Um <laughs> Oh, if you want to support the podcast in a monetary manner, you can do so at patreon.com slash so you want to read Tolkien. Or in the future, you might get to hear us read Family Trees. It would be a gay old time. Um, and if you want to support the podcast in a non-monetary manner, we appreciate any ratings or reviews you give us on your podcast listening platform of choice. I've been Caitlin. I've been Rachel. I've been Emmy. I'll see you all next week. Bye-bye. Bye. I keep saying, um, that's super annoying. Don't worry, I edit out some of them. Excellent. Um, (laughs) 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 So...